It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. This is your Estate Planning Essentials podcast and radio program, and my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of KAAM Radio and co-host of this program, once again aggressively seeking to protect your family, your assets, and you, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my attorney, my very good friend, and his name is Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. A uh, happy summertime, a happy... Uh, 2023. Are, are you happy and blessed? I hope. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I'm glad. You know, we had a good Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. recently, and good. Uh, uh, everything is wonderful. And I hope everything is wonderful for all. It is. Uh, it's wonderful for me. I know we're only what, a couple months away from football season, <laughs> at least a preseason or something. So that's sort of in the air. But in the meantime, the state planning never stops. Medicaid, Medicare assistance never stops. And today, Michael, you want to talk about something that's related to estate planning, related to life and death, and that is physician-assisted suicide. Fire away, sir. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked on other shows on different end-of-life documents. You know, we had a show that said seven different types of documents that you have at the end of life. But this is different. And the only reason why—there's only a couple reasons why I thought I'd talk about this today— because uh, it's not a common topic, and not certainly somebody some, something that somebody usually talks to me about, and that is uh, assisted suicide and physician-assisted suicide. And uh, the only reason that um, it comes to mind now is that last month in May, um, Vermont became the first state to allow non-residents, actually in the law to get physician-assisted suicide. Uh, Now, Oregon uh, had previously had uh, something that allowed, there was a case, they got sued in Oregon to allow non-residents to have physician-assisted suicide, but uh, it wasn't taken off the books, whereas Vermont became the first state to say you don't have to be a resident to have physician-assisted suicide. So I guess the question is, a different way of putting it, will Vermont be the new physician-assisted suicide tourism capital? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I know it's an odd way. Um, so then you say, well, what is all this? And, and I, you know, another thing was happening. I, I had a client, that, although it wasn't applicable, and it was more of a counseling thing. He was real depressed. His wife had dementia for some time now. He's been married her 50, 60 years, and we just started talking, and he was so depressed about really losing his wife the way she was, being where she didn't recognize people. She didn't recognize her husband of 50 to 60 years and had no really quality of life anymore. And so the topic of physician-assisted suicide became 
um, something we just happened to discuss, although she wouldn't be a candidate, and I'll tell you the reasons why in just a minute. But um, you, we see a trend of more states um, allowing this. And so will this become something that is in every state at some point? Now, the great, the great majority of states do not have this. Uh, Twelve states, I believe, now have physician-assisted suicide. Hmm. So uh, the ones I know of are like California, Hawaii, uh, Washington, Oregon, besides Vermont, Maine. Uh, the closest one to Texas would be New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't recall the other ones, but it doesn't really matter. The idea is that there's a trend towards this. Uh, I don't know if that trend will continue. You know, you think of right to life, uh, even uh, the Hippocratic Oath. You know, doctors are not supposed to assist in harming anybody. They have a duty to try to keep somebody alive. So there's a lot of arguments on right to life. Mm-hmm. Or right to die. Right. You know, when Which you would had, mean what confidentiality issues? Well, I mean, there's you know, is there? I mean, there's the Hippocratic Oath, mm-hmm. and we've always thought until gee, I guess it was that when was it the 80s when they had the Cruzan case where there was a right to die, mm-hmm. and so things have changed over time and years. Oregon's assisted suicide, uh, physician assisted suicide law was the first state, and that was like in 1997. Mm-hmm. So over 20, the last 20-some-odd years, um, there's been more and more states, and we're seeing this happen more often. And so the idea is, is there these right-to-die arguments uh, becoming more uh, stronger, mm-hmm. or stronger. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, it's really different. It's interesting because you're looking at it from an estate planning perspective. Um, so, for example, in you know, at times we've talked about different types of living wills. Uh, we've talked about Texas has their living will. Living will is the pull-the-plug instrument. That's different than, you know, physician-assisted suicide. Uh, this is like when you're not, you're just not making heroic efforts to keep you alive if your condition is terminal or perhaps if you're in a persistent vegetative state, if you're expected to live for more than six months. Mm -hmm. But here we're being proactive. Generally, the person is really in a lot of pain and they just don't want to live anymore. What are their rights? And it's interesting, the different views. So, for example, uh, as I was about to say, that there are different religious type of living wills. So, for example, in the Catholic living will, they're, they're really saying, look, we believe in the sanctity of life. Uh, and so p- please you know, try to keep us alive as long as possible, which would be, uh, quite frankly, contrary to these laws that are going uh, you know, in the direction of more, uh, as they call it, dignity for death, mm-hmm. dignity and death. Uh, dying in dignity. So there's actually groups that do this. I'm not trying to say one way or another. I'm just telling you what I see the views are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So is the fact that the Supreme Court is getting more more conservative than it was uh, then, uh, will that make a difference? I don't know, because we see the right to life on the abortion issue. uh, And we, uh, of course, we all know what happened there. Will that affect things? I don't know. There hasn't been any case that's going to the Supreme Court. In fact, the cases have gone the other way, and that's the reason why Vermont and Oregon have waived their 
the residency requirement is because they got sued. They say it was unconstitutional. What do you mean? I, I'm in the next state. I'm just across the river, and I can't go over to your state to have death with dignity. Mm. That's the argument. And so as a result of losses in both uh, in Oregon and Vermont, that's what precipitated the waiver of the uh, residency requirement. And so I anticipate that that will happen in other states as well. Mm -hmm. And as we see that more states are adding uh, the uh, physician-assisted suicide. So what's all involved? Now, that's different than the physician, uh, you know, like we have – uh, let's say somebody was um, a prisoner was being executed and they get uh, lethal injections. This has to be done by yourself. Mm-hmm. They give like a prescription. Uh, I'll go through the different uh, requirements. So it's not euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain requirements that each state has, and they're very similar. They're very similar as to what they're uh, requiring. So first of all, you have to be of age of majority. You know, so you have to be over 18 years of age. Um, the second thing is you have to be um, know what you're doing. So if you had dementia, as in the case of the client that I was just counseling, that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. You have to. You're the, there's no medical power of attorney, or you have to say I know what I'm doing, and they have to determine that you know what you're doing. So even if you have a psychiatric problem. Uh, they have to refer you to like a psychiatrist or a psychologist or something along those lines. To make sure that you're not insane. Right. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it, so nobody can make the decision for you. You have to be capable of making your own decision. Uh, also, you have to be able to uh, be diagnosed with a terminal illness. That means that you're going to die within six months. And then not only has to that there used there actually has to be diagnosed by the doctor that state in which they're you're seeking the physician assisted suicide and there's some requirements of which I'll go over in just a second uh, and and it has to be agreed by a consulting physician as well so you have to be able to to um, uh, you have to be in a terminal condition and also you have to be able to take the medication yourself. The doctor could be there, but they don't have to be there. Mm. Uh, so then it, it gets into lots of other issues. Um, you could request it, but it's not required of it. Um, so let's go over a little bit about some of the things that you have to do. Uh, first of all, the patient has to make two oral requests of the attending physician. Mm-hmm. They have to ask them. Now, whether that means... Um, that they actually have to go to that state, I'm, I guess it's going to depend on the state. But they mm-hmm. have to. There's probably going to be some meetings with them, so you're going to. Ha- so there's going to be some cost involved if that mm-hmm. were the case. Unless they do a Zoom, can they just Zoom? Well, in? yeah, I don't know, and I guess with you know with um, things as changing as they are, mm-hmm. uh, it just like like on all sorts of things we have, you know, on probate we have. Uh, hearings by Zoom in many counties in Texas. So as we get more advanced with technology, I assume that what you're saying is correct, that that will be maybe more of a norm. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like how how do you know that somebody receives something? You could have an email with the, making sure there's a receipt. The tracker or whatever it's right, called. Right, right, mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that'll be a trend. You know, Received or I think it's also... Michael, um, if they open the email, 
and then you can track how if they open the email and i think you can even track how many times they open the email i think all those things exist with just some kind of free email software there there's something that you could and i'm i'm, I'm technologically and follically challenged mm-hmm. uh the you know there's things you could do that you could show that they received it okay and so, but you have to make two oral requests first to even start it off. And it has to be with, you have 15 days between the two oral requests. So you have to not only request it once, but twice. And you have to at least last uh, 15 days before, unless you're just about to die within the 15 days, there's an exception. You say, oh, I'm in too much pain. They do usually have, and I get the laws I think are pretty similar in, in all states mm-hmm. uh, because, like I said, there's a group probably called Dying with Dignity or something like that mm-hmm. that has proposed these laws in the different states. Okay. All right. After the two oral requests, there has to be a written request, um, and it has to be signed before two witnesses. And of course, the witnesses can't be somebody who would either benefit. Uh, either they're like can't be like a family member, uh, can't be the doctor. Who's going to inherit money? Maybe is that right? Okay. Right. Some somebody is going to be uh, somebody who's you see the witness to say this is independent mm-hmm. that the person wanted to to do this. You know, it's just like in, in, you might, might be find it of interest. Like if you do a medical power of attorney, it's not supposed to be witnessed by. Uh, let's say somebody at the hospital who works at the hospital because the hospital or doctor could be a benefit by, you know, having whatever decision that medical decision may be. So similarly, uh, here somebody who benefits should not be a witness. Okay. Um, well, at least one of them doesn't have to cannot be related to the patient. Um, the phys- attending physician will also have a consulting physician who must confirm the diagnosis and prognosis. In other words, that the person is has this life-ending type, you know, decision, terminal illness that they expected to die within six months. Um, and then um, after that, uh, we, they have to also, the, both the attending and consulting physician also have to see that the person is capable of making the decision and that they could self-administer the medication. You may have to go like to even a pharmacy uh, and have things. And, you know, and there's things where there's no liability for the physician and the pharmacy. Um, and even on the death certificate, it's going to say natural causes. So let's say you have life insurance, and you know a lot of times you have a, a suicide clause inside the life insurance policies that you don't collect. Mm-hmm. So they say natural causes, that it was not uh, suicide so that you could uh, collect on life insurance. So there's all these other little bitty issues that come along with, um, with that. Mm-hmm. Now, if either of the... Um, uh, doctors uh, think that the judgment is impaired, as I mentioned before. They're they do they have let's say some sort of psychiatric issue. Then of course you have to have a psychiatrist uh, or psychological examination before they could allow uh, that assisted physician assisted suicide. Um, and again, the attending physician uh, must. Uh, include comfort, tell them about the option of hospice, comfort care, uh, pain control. So as we talked about 
on a show. Remember a show we did, I think it was sometime in May, we talked about the difference between hospice and palliative care to for those who didn't listen. And of course, we have podcasts on each one of these shows, so you could listen to anything by uh, clicking on my website, DallasElderLawyer.com, and we write articles about it too. I think it was in my I'm not sure if it was in my May newsletter or if it was in my June newsletter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in either in any event, we had an article about hospice um, and palliative care. Mm-hmm. Hospice care is just keeping you comfortable. Now, there could be some uh, drugs that you have, let's say for uh, let's say high blood pressure, uh, then you could take, but that's not curative. And palliative care is, even though they have also has the holistic approach of keeping you comfortable, uh, it also uh, has curative efforts. You know, a lot of times hospice care, by the way, is – I was talking to an attorney in California this week because uh, we had um, – I had somebody who was in California who was on hospice, and um, – and she was saying, uh, the other attorney was saying, you know, I think hospice is a scam. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with that. But we were talking about how in the old days, because <laughs> she was an elder, elder law attorney like me, in the old days we used to think that somebody's going to die within six months, which is the law. But it's hard to determine when somebody's going to die a lot of times. And it's not an exact science. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so nowadays we think that people go on and off a of hospice. It may not be within the six months. It could be in the very next day, or it could be, who knows how many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it's hard to determine. And of course, Medicare pays during when somebody is on hospice. And so then, so that's why she was saying it was a scam because we say, okay, the doctor is doing because they're collecting through Medicare. Right. So in any event, uh, so this is – they have to give the options of saying, look, you know, we could just keep you comfortable as opposed to you just killing yourself basically. Right. Makes sense. You have options as a listener. You have options uh, as a person who owns an estate, has a home, has money, and you're not necessarily sure what to do with it while you're alive and after you pass away uh, to whom you want it to go – how, why, when. There's so many questions and variables, and they change all the time. This has been the theme of Michael's uh, program for over a decade now. Things change. Rules change. Your desires and heart changes. Um, your faith changes. So consequently, you have to keep updating your plan. Uh, and the best way to do that, in my opinion, is at least 10 Michael's Next Workshop, which is Saturday, June the 24th at 10 o'clock. And Michael, you have these workshops and you've been doing them for a decade plus now and hundreds of them. And they're very successful. They're very rewarding. Nobody ever walks out of there kicking dirt saying, well, that was a waste of time. Uh, But tell everybody why it's not a waste of time. Well, I should tell you that nobody in over those 10 years has ever asked about the topic that we're discussing today. Okay. Uh, but we ask people what they want to know. Now, traditionally, people ask about wills or trust or about Medicaid or public benefits or special needs, planning, things like that are much more common. Uh, but we never know. It could be about tax laws. Uh, it could be about 
any number of things. Uh, so we ask people what they want to know. And then over the next two hours of this free estate planning essentials workshop, uh, we answer those questions, and we actually have a small presentation uh, where we have the common things about wills and trust and Medicaid uh, for long-term care. Some of the things that are common that, that we – or maybe it may be about special needs. It could be any number of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we ask people what they want to know. We answer those questions over the two hours. Uh, and after the – and you'll learn something. Mm-hmm. You'll learn not only from what your answers to your question may be, but you're going to learn from the – Uh, questions of others. And so uh, we ask those people what they want to know, and I think you're going to find that the two hours of this free estate planning essentials workshop are going to fly by. You're going to learn something and have fun along the way. To attend the free estate planning essentials workshop, all you have to do is call 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. The next one is June the 24th. That's a Saturday at 10 a.m. Excellent. Um, Do you have some um, final thoughts? We've got about five minutes left. I'm going to give you two and a half minutes to wrap it up on the Vermont Physician-Assisted Suicide, and then I have a question for you. Okay. Well, um, I should tell you also, I mean, it's not a lot else to say about Mm -hmm. it, but uh, there are also, the doctors are also supposed to say, we suggest you talk to next of kin, but you don't have to. You don't have to. But they're going to suggest that, and the doctors have to report the uh, prescriptions so that they keep law, what they've done, they keep records. Uh, as to what has happened, Mm -hmm. because what if something went wrong? Mm -hmm. Now, the patients, their information is always private. So it's always private. Mm -hmm. So so that is a different thing. Um, The... As I said, the doctors don't have to be there, Mm -hmm. uh, but there are reporting requirements. Uh, You know, as far as cost, well, I don't know if it... Again, if you have to go to the state uh, at some point... Uh, so there, there's whatever the doctors cost. Mm-hmm. I, I read someplace that the average cost, you know, you got the drug and everything that costs around a few thousand dollars. So, um, you know, you have to take that in consideration too. So you really have to say, um, am I in it, the whole idea of like even hospice is to keep me comfortable? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we think about time, you know, we want to die as gently as possible. I know I've been very crude in uh, prior shows saying how time, how we had that guillotine that somebody head got chopped off so you have a quick death. Mm-hmm. Uh, or now we have the lethal injection uh, that when people are prisoners generally instead of having some of the things that we used to do. So you, and, the, and the reason is that we want to – the thought is that throughout history is that we wanted to die as gently as possible. So I guess that this is going one step further. It's just a prescription by a doctor after all these different uh, different types of requirements to make sure that uh, every stone is unturned first, uh, every option is uh, given first before this final decision. Good point. Then what, Mike, um, based on these Vermont laws, is your duty as a Texas lawyer in light of the fact that you have a tug of war here between confidentiality and the person doing self-harm who could end up maybe dying as a result. Well, you know, 
first of all, I've never had the question. Right. Uh, the closest thing we had was the the person that I just told you that was more of a counseling thing as we talked about because he was so depressed mm-hmm. uh, saying, oh, my, my wife who I've been married to for 56 years, mm-hmm. uh, I, I hate to see her this way. And, um, you know, quite frankly, personally, I guess I have an obligation to just say, you know, there is hospice uh, and um, tell them the difference between hospice and palliative care. Mm-hmm. If the, if somebody asked me about it mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, what do I need to do?" I've never had anybody do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but if they did ask, then I would say, "Here's what the laws are." But I here's where you can find the laws. But you see, I am not licensed in Vermont. I am not licensed in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So I really can't tell you about what they require, except mm-hmm. for I've told you today. Right. For just because it's only because. Um, uh, and I've actually looked at the statutes, but I'm not licensed there, and I'm not telling you that those are the exact laws, but right. that's what that's what I'm seeing. Uh, only because, and really, the only reason why we're even talking about this is because the law just passed in more and or um, excuse me in Vermont mm-hmm. last month, right. and I think it's uh, of interest because we see this trend, mm-hmm. and and we see the correlation between different like living wills. Uh, we see uh, as far as like on uh, different people's beliefs, mm-hmm. and so I think it's just one thing that you just have to discuss. Uh, you say, well, for you, it, you know, I, only you can make your own decisions as mm-hmm. to what's important to you in life. But here are the different options. But we do see this trend. Understood. I appreciate that. Appreciate the sensitivity about this topic. It's, it, is a, it is a very delicate one. If you have questions about that or anything regarding government assistance, estate planning, just attend Michael's next workshop, which is Saturday, June the 24th. It's coming up soon, so sign up by going to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, I thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.